Welcome to Business Masters, the podcast that gives you direct access to world-leading experts on key business issues. To be the first to know about future shows and to access even more exclusive content, visit businessblueprint.com and subscribe today. Hello everyone, it's Dale Beaumont here, founder of Business Blueprint and welcome to another Business Masters podcast. Today I'm talking with the world's number one authority on trust-based selling, Ari Galpa. And our topic is how to put trust and authenticity back into selling. Ari, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dale. Glad to be here. Now, you recognize as the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. Can you explain what is trust-based selling all about? Sure. Well, the word trust and selling has been thrown around, thrown a bit, thrown around quite a bit. Uh, there's been discussed around the idea of consultative selling and uh, non-pressure selling and the idea is we ask a lot of questions and hopefully get lots of answers back and all goes well. But what we discovered was that if you ask questions to somebody who doesn't know you quite yet, you may not get the right answers, meaning the truth from people. So I, I realized that to really get this right, you have to build a system to help, other, help your clients feel comfortable telling you the truth of what they're actually thinking. And that's what we define as trust-based selling, how to actually create authenticity in the sales process so your clients feel comfortable telling you where they stand you're not chasing them, you're not stuck in, in, in chasing what I call ghosts. So that's the idea behind it, it's getting to the truth of people. Mm. And why do you think it's so important to get to the, the truth, apart from, you know, obviously that when you know where someone stands, you're better able to help them, but is there a, a, anything more to it than that? Sure. Well, traditional selling, you know, if you've been exposed to that, we've been conditioned to basically chase anything that moves. <laughs> anything looks like a lead. We just, we just start going after them. We just chase people and with the hope at the end we'll make the sale. But that whole process has become so painful that unless you have a process and a system to delineate who's real and who's not real, you'll end up wasting a lot of time with people who aren't going to buy. So I figured out a system where you can actually help other, your prospects feel comfortable telling you where they stand so you're not chasing those people who aren't going to buy, and you're comfortable letting them go if they're not going to buy. So it's, it's a way to kind of step out of the chasing game and not have to kind of waste your time with people who aren't really interested. Mm. And how does this philosophy differ to some of the conventional sales models? And I'm sure anyone that's kind of you know, been in selling would have probably come across you know, CDs from people like Brian Tracy and Tom Hopkins and maybe even Zig Ziglar. How does this approach differ to you know, what is kind of commonly known when it comes to sales? Sure. Most of those guys, I respect a lot, fall into a traditional school of selling that basically says this. Your goal of the sale is the process to make the sale. That's your objective, is to go for that sale. And certainly you can be nice about it, pleasant about it, but your goal is the sale. And we take a whole different approach to that process. We, our, our objective of the process is not to make the sale at first. The goal of the process is to first identify if we're a fit or not. So it's a very different goal at the end. So when you change your end goal, what happens is you end up changing the way you communicate with people. So rather than using certain terms or phrases that imply you're, you're out to chase the sale, instead your communication for them feels as if you're hopefully authentic and your goal is not hidden, but your goal is to basically help them solve their problem. And so fundamentally, our school of thought is different in that our objective of the process is not to make the sale. Our goal of the process is to identify who really is a fit so the, so the sale happens naturally along the way. Mm, okay. And where do you think we kind of, you know, went wrong in that whole, you know, kind of process of conventional sort of sales? Well, I don't think, I don't think the sales process went wrong. I think what happened was the world changed. In the last five or ten years, 
trust has gotten so low in the business world and people are so familiar with sales techniques that sound salesy, they've shut down. They've shut down as early as hello. I mean, if, if someone called your office tomorrow morning, you heard, hi, my name is, I'm with We Are A, you know, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? Mm, salesperson. It, it's over. I mean, it, it, it's over that fast now. So it's not, not that the sales process has been changed, it's that the world has changed. So unless we change our approach to adapt to that, we're just going to get killed out there. Can you give us some, a couple of examples of how we can add more trust back into the sales process? Sure. Well, it starts with, first of all, the person who's selling to shift your mindset away from saying to yourself, my goal in this competition is to make the sale or get the appointment. That has to be a mental shift away from your end goal. Once you make that shift, then what changes next is your languaging and your behaviors, the way, the way you talk to people. So I'll give you an example. Like, let's, let's do a, a scenario. Let's say you have a first call with a potential prospect on the phone, first conversation, and the call is going well, and the call comes to an end. Usually, in the old school way of selling, we say to somebody, hey, let's get together, let's move things forward, let, let's find you up, let's move towards a sale, right? But the problem is if you attempt to do that, and the person isn't ready yet, then you trust, you, you basically break trust right at the beginning of the process. So when you use our languaging tied to the right mindset, we'll replay this scenario again, okay? So same situation, the call is going well, first conversation, the call comes to an end. Rather than saying, hey, let's move things forward, what we say instead is this. We use our own trust-based languaging. We say, where do you think we should go from here? Nice. Right, so that, 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 that's a wholesale shift in the process because all of a sudden they don't feel like they're being pulled towards your goal, but they feel like you really are comfortable hearing the truth. And that in itself allows trust to be created, and that changes the perception of you as someone they can trust uh, and, and because of the way they're being treated like a human being and not a prospect. Mm. Hey, do you have any other examples? Sure, we have lots. We have, that's, that's what our core competency is, replacing the usual languaging with trust-based languaging. So I'll give you another example. So here's a great example. And, and I, when I do my talk, I tell my audience to take an oath with me, not a written oath, but a verbal oath. And the oath is this. The oath is to never again use the word follow-up. Because mm. follow-up is a, very much a sales word. When you call somebody and say, hey, I'm just going to be ready to follow-up, you know, they're thinking what? They're calling a follow-up to make the sale. Yeah. So we replace that languaging with, I'm just giving you a call to see if you have any feedback, feedback or thoughts on our previous conversation. Mm. So that takes the direction, the opposite direction of the sale. It goes backwards, goes back to the last communication with them, and that gives permission to the other person to feel comfortable telling you what they really think. And that's the end goal, is to identify where they really are in the process, what the real problems are to see if both of you are a fit. If that mindset is your mindset, sales will happen easily for you naturally. Wow, this is fascinating. And I'm just already hearing the way that you're, you're, you're talking, which is also quite opposite to conventional sales because if you read all the books, they'll say, be enthusiastic, be really motivated. But your approach is very different to that. Do you want to talk to, to that point? Well, that's funny to bring that up because you're right. Most of the gurus have always told us that we love what we do so much, we should be enthusiastic, right, with someone. Mm. But what happens if you're enthusiastic with someone who doesn't know you yet? <laughs> what are they thinking? <laughs> it's like, they're like, God, I, I'm, I'm being pressured here, or he's, he's starting to sell me something. So enthusiasm early on in the process, unfortunately, can kill the sale, which I know is just opposite thinking. But what we realize is that delivery of the way you communicate with somebody is it, halfway to building trust. So the languaging plus delivery, you notice the way I said, 
where do you think we should go from here? So I lowered my voice, I created pauses, and allowed the conversation to actually breathe, which is so opposite of sales, because we're used to kind of talking fast and moving quickly, so we slow things down, we're afraid we're going to lose the what? The sale. So if you unhinge yourself from the end goal, and you stay present with somebody, making sense you're not in a rush, they feel like you are 100% present with them. And that presentness with people is what creates an authentic connection. If you don't have that present with people, presentness, they feel like you have a hidden agenda. Okay. Are there any other words we should uh, remove from our vocabulary as well? Sure. The, there's a whole bunch. So there's, there's things like, um, would you be interested, which is a classic sales line, uh, and you replace that with, would you be open to the possibility of. So would you be open is replacement word for all those other key phrases like, would you be interested, like explore, because those words are designed to get someone to say yes or no. But my languaging is designed to create an open conversation. So would you be open to whatever, dot, 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 immediately engenders an open dialogue without a hidden agenda. So I got, I got a whole slew of languaging tied to every single story you can imagine. That's just a few, a few samples there. Fantastic. Okay. Now, what about if we're in the sales process and we, we meet some objections? There's even whole <laughs> courses on, on how to overcome objections. Um, what is your approach? Is it, I'm guessing it's not the same as everybody else's. So how do you approach objections? Sure, sure. So everyone else out there, you're right. It's all about overcoming the objection. In our world, of course, we do the opposite. We don't overcome objections. What we do is we actually diffuse objections. And what that means is this. Let's just say someone gives you an objection and you attempt to overcome it. If you overcome it, what they're telling you is true, you break trust because you're not hearing what they have to say. So in our world, when we hear an objection, we actually diffuse it. We, we draw the pressure out and re-engage using our trust-based languaging. you want to give me an example of that? Yeah, please. All right. Let, let's just say someone says to you, um, you call somebody up or whatever, and they say to you, we're already using another vendor or we're using somebody else. Yeah. That's sort of a classic objection in sales, right? And the typical response to that is, you know, if you're a traditional salesperson is, well, you know, let me explain to you why we're better. You know, we are the best. We're the, you know, they can't start defending themselves or selling some more, which only creates more pressure on people trying to overcome what they're trying to say. So it reverses scenarios. So, same, so we get, if we hear, you know, we're using somebody else, the vendor, what we say is, that's not a problem. That's the first phrase we say to diffuse the resistance that's coming our way. Instantly, okay? I feel, feel relaxed. So I'm like, oh, okay, um, that's not a problem. Great. Right, because that diffuses the moment. If you don't diffuse it, what happens is you're forced into two modes. One is fight or flight. You have to defend yourself or you have to back away and hang up the phone. Mm. We provide a middle way of doing it so the authenticity of the dialogue is kept intact. You're not risking the relationship for the sale. So we say that's not a problem. Then we pause, give a chance to breathe. Then we say, with authenticity, we say, you know, I'm not quite sure, you know, I'm not looking to replace your current vendor in any way, which is true because I have no idea if we're fit. Well, I'm just giving you rain to see if you might be open to some different perspectives that you may not be have access to now around how you currently do you know, X, Y, Z, a different idea around that. So, and the truth is, we have no idea yet if we are fit for them and the last thing we want to do is replace their current relationship without them feeling engaged in that process. So 
The truth is that we're, we're diffusing the moment and the pressure, not defending ourselves, but re-engaging without crossing the boundaries that they are still holding tight themselves. Okay, what about if someone says to you, Ari, you know, we just don't have a budget for this at all? I would say that's <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> that's, what you all, that's what you always say when you hit resistance. Because you have to first diffuse the moment in order to re-engage. If you don't have a diffusing language at that moment, you're forced to defend yourself. Mm. So, so if someone says we don't have the budget, you're going to say that's not a problem. And they're going to kind of go, what? Because <laughs> they're confused. Cause they're, yeah, they're waiting you for you to convince them that they do. Of course, that's the game. Mm. That's what they expect you to do if you're typically the old way of thinking. But in our world, we don't, that's not our goal to convince them to say yes. Our goal is to bring them out to identify if we're a fit or not. I have no idea yet if we're a fit. So when I'm gonna keep, I'll, go, I'll go on now. So mm. I'll say, you know, we don't budget. That's not a problem. A lot of our clients did not have a budget at all when they heard about us. But we were able to help them build a case around this to build a budget to basically prove an ROI around that. Would you be open to that concept or that idea around that? Okay. What about if someone says, look, I've never heard of your company before. I don't know anything about you. Not a problem. Okay. Where, where would you, what would you be open to going from here? Uh, well, maybe you can send me some information. Sure. I'd be happy to. Do you have your email handy? Yeah, cool. So well, what, what I'm trying to say, if I get, if it's that, that cold of a pushback, I'm not going to attempt to kind of keep driving forward. I'll hang up the phone if there's zero engagement here, mm. right? That, that's an issue because I didn't engage the person correctly in the beginning. So I don't usually get the responses in our model yep. unless we didn't engage in the right way. So those are unusual responses. We get that kind of pushback. We did something wrong in, in the beginning. Okay. Now, another thing that I've heard you talk about before and you know you've got a lot of information on your, on your, your website as well um, about problem statements and what is a problem statement and uh, and why is it important in your in your model and your process to have one sure okay so you know most people in business entrepreneurs salespeople they when when people ask what they do they default to giving a sales pitch right that's what we all know to do we give a 30 minutes uh, elevator speech or whatever we say oh I'm an insurance agent. I'm a coach. I'm a, you know, we, we start to kind of give a sales pitch as to what we do. We give the solution right away as to what we do. What we realized through our research is this, that if you can shift your pitch into what we call a problem statement, which basically converts your solutions into the problems you help people solve, and when people say to you, what do you do? And you say, well, what I do is I help businesses solve these three issues. That's very different than saying, oh, I'm a business coach with a consulting firm. See, so when you, when you actually articulate their issues and their problems and the person you're talking to has those issues, they can't help but to engage you in a way where they don't feel like they're going to be sold something. Mm. So it, it, it's, it, it's, it's shifting away from you pitching what you do to focusing on identifying problem statements, phrases that describe the core issues from their point of view that your solution solves for them. When you begin your sales process around the issues you help them solve, those yeah, those problems can help but to be engaged with you and attracted to you. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, let's talk about uh, another one of your beliefs, and that is you don't believe in scripts. So, yeah, w w what, what do you do instead? So, so the problem with scripts is this, they, 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 they sound robotic. They sound artificial. It's not natural. Um, it doesn't feel authentic, and everyone will, who uses scripts will say the same thing typically. And so we have figured out a solution to that. We have developed our own, what we call, natural languaging. 
our own phrases that don't have to, they don't have to be used word for word, but they're basically conceptually enough to take your own words and put them into it, make them your own. So the language that I gave you earlier of where should we go from here or uh, would you be open, these are all examples of phrases that can be extended, used, um, that aren't scripted, that flow into a natural conversation. So scripts come from the idea where if you meet someone new, you've got to get your pitch out there exactly right. If you don't get it right, then you're going you're to lose the opportunity. Mm. We realize that you, all you have to do is really create a two-way dialogue. A two-way dialogue with someone, that sparks a natural conversation that allows you to dig into more of their world to allow a conclusion to happen at the end of that. So I'll give you an example. A typical outbound sales call usually goes with, like this. Hi, my name's Ari. I'm with XYZ Company, and we're with, uh, you know, we're a provider in the area, and we do this, and it, it's just like this one-way speed train, you know, closing your eyes and hope it sticks kind of process, you know? Mm. So in our world, we know that creates pressure on people. So in our world, we've learned to create a dialogue at hello. So we went, so in our, with our training, and when we help people, we teach them to do this. When they call in, they say, you know, hi, my name's Ari, and I'm hoping you can help me out for a moment. Okay, sure. Yeah. I'd love to, Ari. <laughs> Correct. So that, let's stop for a second. How to yeah. role play. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you call a two-way dialogue at hello. See, this cracks the code on how to cold call people without creating rejection on people because when you're oh, speed train across that phone, it's over. When you engage in that way, and there's more, by the way, beyond that, but when you engage in this way, a two-way dialogue level, you can help to engage somebody. And the next step from that, of course, is to then bring out the problem statement. So then you'd say, you know, I'm just giving you a call. This is you to be open to some different ideas or on ways to focus on issues related to, and you plug in the core problems you help people solve. Hmm. See, it's very hard to push back on problems. It's easy to push back on solutions. Makes sense. And, and these, I'm guessing these processes can be used over the phone, but also face-to-face uh, -face as well if you're kind of, you know, calling on businesses too? Yeah, so it works uh, outbound calls, inbound leads, over the phone, face-to-face, -face, even email communication, the way you approach people on email. And, of course, it also applies, you can imagine, to other areas like marketing, lead generation, your website copy, what should be up there as a pitch or a problem. It, it overlays across all your sales and marketing, but the core of it really is around conversion sales, what the lead comes in, we're up on calling, how to make that conversion happen without losing opportunity. Now, the ideas sound really appealing, and I'm sure they're welcomed by like, customers, like who doesn't want to be treated this way. However, does the approach actually create more bottom-line revenue? Well, the interesting thing about this, and that's a great question, is that what happens once you adopt this concept is you end up having a less people in your, quote, pipeline, but more people who are buyers. Because you end up stop, you're more aware of not chasing people in the sales process who you know are not going to buy anyways. Mm. You let them go, and you only focus on quality conversation. So that goes back to the numbers game concept. You have the numbers game of, of chasing leads. Yeah. And we discovered that in this economy, the way the world has changed, it's not anymore about how many contacts you make. It's about how deep you go on each conversation how good you are in engaging somebody and building trust. That's the new metric of success. With that kind of new metric, if you're good at that, it's not about the numbers anymore, it's about the quality of the conversations. Because some people I know listening to this, especially if you've been trained in the old school way of doing things, it just sounds a bit too, you know, too weak and you know, a bit too 
warm and fuzzy, but will it actually generate a, a result? I suppose we've been taught to be strong and to you know, be tough, and it doesn't sound tough, if I can be brutally honest. No, no, but I, I love that, Dale, because I hear this all the time. There's this notion that we're supposed to be tough and aggressive, and when people hear this, they go, it sounds too wimpy. <laughs> it sounds too passive. It's like, geez, maybe I gotta just, you know, hang up my hat and just kick back and, you know, have a margarita and sit by the pool. And, and what's interesting about that, 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 that whole conditioning is that it's almost like we've been taught over the years to wear sales armor around us. I mean, we, we gotta, we gotta be tough and to take rejection. We gotta be able to, like, push through doors. We gotta be able to chase people. If we don't chase them, we're, we, we're whipped. We give up. But that comes from the notion of chasing anything that moves in your vicinity. Yeah. That comes from having no mechanism of knowing who's real and who's not real. This is about really sifting through all the people in your pipeline or funny you're working with and identifying systematically who is a fit or not. So I gave you some quick ideas today, but let me tell you, this, is all, into a, in, it, this all goes into a flow chart, into a systemized process that's actually repeatable and scalable. Mm. Awesome. Well, we'll chat about um, your website in just one sec. We're almost out of time, but just to kind of close, I know you've had literally hundreds of success stories from all around the world of uh, people that you've helped, either company owners or, or uh, salespeople within other organizations. Would you mind sharing just one or two very quick stories about some successes that your students have had? Uh, you're, you're right. We've been on this for 10 years now. We have thousands of success stories, and they keep coming in. And I will tell you the funny thing. I did, I did a talk last year at Telstra's Global Sales Summit for the whole sales team, about 1,000 people. Um, I, I gave my talk, and I gave them the one phrase, where do you think we should go from here? And I told them all to email me after they tested out the next week. Right? I gave my personal email. And I got tons of emails back, and I saved one specifically. And uh, it was great. I have fun with me, but the guy says to me, the rep says to me, all right, I want you to know, I want to thank you, first of all, because I thought your talk at first would be a waste of time. But I used your, your phrase, where do you think we should go from here with one of my clients? And he ended up saying to me he wants to close on a $400,000 contract. Thank you, Ryan. So like that, that one phrase brought him $400,000 agreements mm. because he shifted his approach. And when I keep chasing the client, he built trust with that one phrase. So the stories are endless. It's on the website there. But it's, as long as you're open-minded and you don't resist change, you want to question you know, the status quo, you'll succeed. If, if you're kind of holding out of the past and not willing to change, then of course you'll end up you know, continuing to chase these, these ghosts and kind of suffer over time. Amazing. And I also understand that you're now training other people about how to teach this philosophy as well, not just creating students, but actually creating teachers as well. Yes, we have requests over the last 10 years from all over the world for people to be certified in what we do, to be trainers, consultants. It's finally, after 10 years, I decided to kind of let this baby out the door and, and kind of put this into a system and a process on do we do now certify and train consultants and coaches and trainers to go out to the market and deliver this and earn, earn income with this and be certified as one of our own mentors. That's exactly right. Mm, fantastic. Well, Ari, it's been a pleasure chatting. Thanks very much for your time. Sure thing. No problem. For more information about Ari Galper, please visit unlockthegame.com. Thanks for listening to another Business Masters podcast. To access more great content or to download your free business plan template, visit businessblueprint.com.